All right. Welcome to Life Morsels Podcast. I'm John Mark Hainer, your host, and I'm here today with Wade Bass, who's going to be talking about uh, what he's been learning from cold therapy. Wade, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Cool. So in a nutshell, um, yeah, just uh, briefly explain what you've been learning, what you've been seeing victory in with uh, the cold therapy. And what that is even for, for people that don't know. Yeah, absolutely. So as far as cold therapy goes, there's so many benefits, both physical and mental, which I actually like best. Um, one of my biggest benefits is it basically simulates a very stressful environment. And then it forces me to breathe through that and kind of control that central nervous system uh, and just regulate uh, where my mind's at. And it correlates pretty highly to real world situations. So when I'm in traffic and I feel that elevation, if somebody cuts me off or whatever, uh, and just coming back to that breath, it's been a huge tool in helping me get through that and uh, anxiety, things like that. Excellent. Cool. So uh, we'll dive deeper into that in a minute. Um, real quick, give us a lowdown on who you are. What do you do? What do you do for fun? That type of thing. Yeah, so my name is Wade Bass. I'm a personal trainer out of Denver, Colorado. Been in the fitness industry uh, for about five years now, and performance has always been a passion of mine. Um, I used to be in finance, but now it's fitness, and now I'm going all in on fitness. So doing these different biohacks is something that I'm super uh, passionate about, and I've seen so many benefits from introducing small things like cold therapy into my life. Um, I'm really big on movement mechanics and teaching people how to move properly. Uh, I think once they understand base movement, then they can apply that to all walks of life. Uh, as far as what I do for fun, I love volleyball, um, just getting outdoors. I love rock climbing, hiking, and really taking advantage of Colorado. So just being outside. Uh, I do have a one-year-old son, so he keeps, keeps me busy as well. And so I get to share my love of volleyball and outdoors uh, with him when I can. He's still young, but uh, you know he will definitely be introduced to the sport as we get older. So, yeah. Nice. That's great. Yeah. Funny story. Uh, um, since I uh, love volleyball as well, uh, my wife and I, we tied up, uh, we got like a toy volleyball and tied it up, I think in some old pantyhose or something from a doorway. And uh, when we had our first and, and she would like hit it back and forth and it was just fun to see. It's like, oh, she awesome. knows what a volleyball is right off. So that that's was, a good was, idea. Actually, I might yeah. have to steal that from you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's great. And she would hit it, you know, and kind of get the idea of like something going back and forth and you know, obviously at first she wasn't good at it. And then eventually she got good at kind of hitting it, uh, having to swing around. So it's kind of a fun, fun volleyball players thing for, for kids. I love so. it. That's cool. Uh, yeah. All right. So, so how did you find out about cold therapy? How'd you get started with it? Um, and, and what brought you to start trying it? Yeah, so actually a friend of mine out here in Denver, uh, her name is Missy Albrecht. She's a physical therapist out here and she's very into, you know, diff different natural types of medicines, things like that. She's the one who first introduced me um, to a girl named Amy Morrison, who uh, specializes in, or she's a certified in cold therapy and using this as a therapy for actually a lot of times mental health. So she is a uh, therapist by trade and she does use the cold as just a way to have us better control, you know, our emotions and, you know, where, you know, to 
control that autonomic nervous system when you do feel that elevation. So Missy uh, is the one who invited me to the event because she knows that I like doing weird and crazy stuff when it comes to like testing myself physically. So, so she invited me out to Amy's house and Amy actually does the events in her backyard. So she's got a couple of ice baths and a sauna side by side. You kind of bounce back and forth. So that was when I was first introduced to the, the cold shock therapy or, um, you know, the thermogenesis therapy. And I've been hooked ever since just being a personal trainer and, you know, talking to people about recovery and talking to people about uh, just controlling their emotions and that nervous system. And we feel that elevation. Uh, so I've just, I hated the cold, literally, like I remember being in Costa Rica and I was, we were at a waterfall and I was like playing in the water and I was shivering so bad. I was literally like trembling from this waterfall in Costa Rica and it was like 90 degrees and uh, I hate the cold. So I'm only like five and a half percent body fat right now. So I always use that as an excuse, hmm. but really that's not an excuse. Now I'm, I just didn't have control over like my breath, control over my body. And now that I'm able to use this tool and like once I found the tool and now I've gotten better at the tool, I've been able to control that much better. I still shiver, but I remember the first time that I went, went into the ice. So with these ice baths, you actually fully submerged first. So you go head all the way underneath and then you come out and the ice is about up to your shoulders. And then when I first did that, I was like pure panic mode. Like literally like breathe, like trying to find my breath, like looking around for like help. It was, uh, you know, pretty funny to watch. And I did get that on video. Yeah. Um, but now I've done several, like many, many ice baths now. Now I go under, I can stay under a little bit longer than I used to. And then I come out and I'm already found, found, found my breath. I'm already in control. And like I said, the way that it plays into real life scenarios is pretty amazing. Um, so it's been an awesome, awesome tool and I'm super uh, grateful to have found it. Excellent. So, so you're saying basically it's a way to kind of induce, um, almost like a panicked state and then intentionally gain control of it when you're not in actually real danger, right? You're not in, you know, you're not in a life or death situation. I mean, um, and then learning to gain control of your body and of your, your mentality, even in that. Yeah, exactly. I think adversity is a super powerful thing, especially when that adversity is in that, in that controlled setting. So you can really use these environments. I also feel the same way about the gym, using these controlled setting environments as a laboratory to see how we react in certain situations. Uh, obviously being under ice and 37 degree water coming out of that is definitely a stressful situation. So it does simulate those real world scenarios and it gives us an opportunity to really work through that. So when something like that does happen, not that you'd necessarily be in the ice, but it's just a simulated panic state. When that happens, you are more likely to be in control. Yeah, in a way you can practice the tool of breathing through it. You know at least a little bit of what to do, right? Um, to get, gain control of your body, gain control of your, your breathing with that. Um, exactly. Nice. Um, so a question on that. I've done the, the ice bath thing once. Um, 
do you find now that you do you have any mental blocks to getting in the ice at first now still or are you excited to do it do you just jump in or like is it a mental game still getting in or or what do you find yeah it's never exciting to be honest uh it's always kind of like fear inducing like the morning of like i still kind of play into the same old stories like you know what if I'm less body fat now? Like, what if I'm only 4%, you know, like just all of these stories come up or like, what if somehow is different? Like, yeah. So I play like, it definitely creates some anxiety in me before it happens. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that will ever change. I mean, you see somebody like Wim Hof, Iceman, and he's really excited to get in the water, into the ice every single time. Um, so maybe one day that will click, but it hasn't yet. It's still intimidating every single time. Yeah. How do you, how do you get past that? Do you, or do you like engage those thoughts? Do you, uh, do you just ignore them and just do it or what, like, how do you deal with that mental game? Yeah. So one thing when, it, when it relates to fear, uh, I think of fear as an ac- acronym, um, which is false expectations appearing real. So if I'm in a situation where I do feel that fear, I just really try to analyze why that is. And if if it really is just a false expectation that I'm making up in my head. And, um, you know, I feel like it was Teddy Roosevelt who said this, but it's like, you know, as men, we realize many worries throughout our life, but most of them never come true. Hmm. And uh, I definitely feel that way about like going into the ice and just realizing that fear typically is a liar yeah yeah that's good and and i would say even um in the aspect of of getting through fears it's it's interesting when you schedule something like this um because like you're saying the morning of you're like you're in panic mode or right before you're doing it you're like wait why am i doing this like all these funny fears come trying to reason you out of doing it even even if you've done it before even if you know you'll be okay like the it's funny the things that come up uh, you know, just like out of the blue. Um, and, and I think it's beneficial of doing something like this where it's scheduled as well, that you can, again, practice getting over the fears as well. Like uh, in a similar way as you're, once you get into the ice, you're getting, gaining control of your breathing and your body control. You're also kind of pre-gaming with getting mind control, you know, uh, for yourself in terms of practicing getting through those fears. So now when you're facing something scary, whether it's new or not, um, you have some of the tools in your belt of, Hey, I've, I've seen this before. How do I deal with it? Like you're saying, analyzing the, the fear of, is it legit or is it not? uh, I think is a huge, huge benefit to kind of as a tool for people to practice. Yeah, well, I think one of the scariest things about fear is just fear of the unknown. And um, I listened to a TED talk from an astronaut. I'd have to look up his name. Uh, and it was a really great talk. And he talks all about fear and how usually fear comes from the lack of knowledge. So, like, you know, when you don't put yourself in that situation, it is way scarier than getting those fear reps in or however you want to think about it and he also talks about you know fear of the unknown that's like the scariest type of fear there is when there's this unknown enemy in you know america and i would imagine the world uh there's a big fear of spiders Mm -hmm. and 
in reality, there's only two spiders that can do some serious damage, and it's only those two. So it's the Black Widow and the Brown Ocluse. Uh, those are the only two that are really going to hurt you. Um, all of the other ones, of course, it's not ideal. Nobody wants to get bit by a spider, yeah. but there's no reason to have this like paralyzing fear when you see a spider in your house or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, so when you have the knowledge of, okay, that's a Black Widow, fear probably is a good thing because you know danger is actually uh, there. Same with a brown recluse. But if it's not one of those things, you might not even necessarily pick it up, but there's no reason to like freak out and you know not stay in control. So I've seen panics happen based off solely not understanding what we're looking at or what we're afraid of. But if we have that understanding, we're much less likely to go in that panic or anxiety-ridden state. Right, very true. And that definitely, I would say, uh, is true in a lot of different things, especially spiders, snakes, that type of thing, right? Like similar type of thing that, oh, it's a garter snake, like you don't have to freak out or whatever, you know, um, or in life as well as most of the time it's like a feeling like, oh, I'm going to die from this, you know, is kind of what your brain's telling you, even though you're not. And, and even acknowledging that, that you're kind of feeling that panic and then taking a step back and being like, wait a second, maybe that's not the case. Like maybe it's not as serious. Like, oh, if I fail at trying this, you know, of, of reaching out to this person or whatever you want to do or trying this in business, it's going to suck if it fails, but yep. it's like, I'm not going to die. You know what I mean? Like, it's not as serious as I make it like, okay, I can deal with the, the, the backlash or the, you know, whatever happens, you know, so. 100%. I think our mind just naturally goes to the worst case scenario. Um, it's like a survival mechanism. So learning how to get past that is super important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so do you have any other examples of where uh, kind of doing the cold therapy has benefited you in other areas of life? You mentioned like in traffic, that kind of stuff, like uh, stressful situations. Do you have any other specific examples? You know, um, as far as ice baths go, really anxiety and things like that and learning breath techniques is definitely something that applies. Uh, even before I go to bed, I'll use like a cadence breathing, which is like four second inhale, typically through my nose, eight second exhale through my nose. And that's a really calming breath. And that's a similar breath pattern that I do when I'm in the ice is I just go four seconds in, eight seconds out, nice and controlled. I do that before sleep and it does help me get to sleep. It helps me concentrate on my breath. So I really use, like to use that strategy. Um, so just channeling breath work totally applies to all walks of life. And there's all types of different um, breath work patterns that you can use. I use the four in, eight out, but there's so many others that you could look up. Um, in addition to the ice, I do cold showers as well. So in the morning I wake up, uh, you know, I'll jump into a cold shower. Now I'm to the point where I can do a full cold shower. At first I would like start with a warm shower and then I would finish cold 30 seconds to a minute. Now I can go all in cold. And the way that that really applies to to real life is because it's a challenge. It's hard to do to get into ice because it's, un or I'm sorry, cold water because it's uncomfortable. 
But when I do something challenging first thing in the morning, I'm much more likely to finish the day or you know conquer the day doing more challenges, challenging things because I already started off in a win, like in a, a winning state. So I found that that strategy actually does spill over into the rest of my day because you know when I do something challenging in the morning, I had the willpower to take the cold shower or whatever, then I'm gonna have the willpower to eat a good breakfast instead of going to Starbucks and getting a latte and a muffin or whatever. Like maybe I'll eat a healthier breakfast because I've already done something challenging. I'm gonna keep that rolling. So I found that uh, when I do that, it definitely spills over into the rest of my day. Yeah, that's good. Especially starting, like you're saying, starting with a, with a win, but not just a win, but, um, but like a, a conscious, uncomfortable win is kind of mm -hmm. thing. Cause then it, it seems like you're setting the standard for yourself. Like, Hey, I can do uncomfortable things throughout the day. Cause obviously, you know, eating healthy doesn't always feel good. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. You know what I mean? But sometimes it's uncomfortable to be like, oh, hey, I got to prep something real quick rather than just grabbing that fast food or something like that. But but kind of having that win in the morning of, oh, hey, I did something uncomfortable. I chose to do this. Uh, like you're saying, seems to have the spillover to the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. uh, cool. So uh, what would you say if you could talk to yourself before you started doing any cold therapy stuff, what would you tell yourself and... and um, like, would you recommend to yourself to get started sooner? Where would you recommend yourself to start? Uh, that type of thing. Yeah. So, you know, if I could talk to a younger, younger self, I would definitely mention um, just doing challenging things and that adversity creates growth. Uh, and like, you know, I wish I would have acquired this mindset when I was younger because, you know, like getting uncomfortable is the number one thing that, creates change and you know really ultimately makes creates an amazing life uh if you live in comfort your entire life chances are uh your life is not that exciting or incredible and things like that so i wish i would have known this uh, way longer because i would be the type of person who would typically stay in comfort and uh so acquiring that mindset is for sure what i would what I would do as far as like cold you again you can start off warm and then work your way to the cold and then challenge yourself to stay in the cold a little longer it could be 30 seconds to start and then it could be for a full song or something like that so uh, a lot of times actually I'll brush my teeth in the cold and so I want to make sure I get like my two minutes in the cold shower by brushing my teeth in there and so it holds me accountable to brush my teeth longer and to stay in the cold longer so that's one strategy that i also use as well nice that's great um that that pretty much addresses my uh last question but but basically it's the challenge time um so i don't know if you want to refine that at all what's what's one action item people could immediately put put into place to start down this road of learning to get those wins in the morning or starting down the the road of cold therapy, breath work, all that kind of stuff. What's one thing they can do that's simple uh, that they could put into action right away that you would recommend? 
you know, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. So if it's like one day at the end of your day, you can journal on something that you did that was more uncomfortable than you would normally do. Be like, hey, today's win was I did the cold shower. Or it could just be going up to somebody and complimenting them on their shirt or whatever. It's something that is slightly uncomfortable uh, because you're engaging a stranger. So just getting comfortable doing things that you might not normally do and then writing it down and reinforcing that. And then those challenges will get bigger and bigger and bigger. It doesn't have to be going into an ice bath every single day. It could just be, like I said, approaching a stranger and giving them a compliment or anything that's like slightly out of our comfort zone. Um, so I would suggest doing that and journaling and reflecting on that, how it made you feel, uh, how, it wasn't as bad as it seems it could have been. Uh, you know, Tim Ferriss, one thing that he talks about, which is super uncomfortable, there's two things, is like he'll go to a Starbucks and he'll be talking to the, uh, the barista and he'll be like, hey, can I get a 10% discount or something like that? It's just uncomfortable. And if they say no, no big deal, but it's just you building up the courage to be asking for a discount, even though you might not need it, you could make a million dollars a year, but it's still, you know, you don't need the discount, but it's getting past that comfort barrier. Uh, it's something that's hugely beneficial. Interesting. That's, that's cool. That's really good. So, so start doing something that's just uncomfortable every day, journal about it, kind of process through it. And uh, yeah, just keep your eye out for, uh, something that could be uncomfortable to try out and, and stretch yourself basically each day. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm going to give a quick example of that just because uh, it's super relevant and who knows where, to, where, where it will turn into. But so I have the, I'm, I'm part of this mentorship program, program and I get mentoring from an individual who is super successful and it's not a one-on-one -on -one mentorship. He's like a nationally, you know, like renowned coach. And I think he's worth a half a billion dollars or something. And uh, I'm part of this coaching program. And then I randomly reached out to him because I've been loving it. And I was like, hey, I uh, love what you're doing. Um, is there any way that I could be a part of it? And so now I'm, by me asking that uncomfortable question, I might now be a part of the coaching team that he is like running. So that was very uncomfortable for me, but the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Like if you put it out there in the universe and you do those uncomfortable things, if it's asking a girl on a date or whatever, you're more likely to get the outcome that you want. And if you get told no, then whatever, move on. But you're going to get a lot more yeses uh, if you ask the question than if you never ask the question. So Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Steve Jobs or somebody, I think it was him that's talked about uh, most people don't ask and that's really how you can get ahead because most people you just assume they're, they're not they're gonna say no right like with the 10% discount or what you know like they're gonna say no why you know like you never know they could say yes and maybe they will say no but at least you ask the question you know like yep. and it's you'll never know for certain unless you actually ask um, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I think Wayne Gretzky said shots never taken or missed a hundred percent of the time. Yep. So absolutely. All right. Well, uh, Wade, thanks for being on the show. Um, if people are interested in finding you, how can they find you? I know you got some good, uh, you got some great content on Facebook. I follow you yeah. on there. So how can they find you? 
Thank you. Um, yeah, thanks for the opportunity. First off, I love, uh, you know, sharing my passion with people and uh, love that you have this platform to do that. So definitely appreciate you asking me to be on. Uh, as far as I do a lot of posting. Uh, my name is Wade Bass. So I've got wadebass.com. You can follow me there or I'm pretty active on Instagram. So my Instagram is TGL coach as in the good life coach. So the good life is shortened. So it's TGL coach. And uh, yeah, I try to post a lot of my stories and, you know, post a lot of you know, videos of either workouts or, you know, whatever value that I can provide. So I'm pretty active on there and also on Facebook. So any of those three spots are definitely a good, good place to find me. All right. Perfect. Thanks for being on the show. Be sure to share this with anyone you think needs to hear it. Like Life Morsels and follow us on Facebook and find us and subscribe on iTunes. And remember, don't just listen, take action.